Let me start, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and foes alike. My name is Jeff Stiles, and fredpodcast.com is what you're listening to. You could be listening also at jeffstylesamerica.com, which has one final episode that deals with the story, the situation, the scenario that changed my life back on June 15th. And that is coming up very, very soon. But I'm going to start off with an apology. Um, I had teased a particular podcast for quite some time, and it was my interview with Tim Kelly, my friend, and I, I would say peer, except that he's infinitely smarter and incredibly infinitely richer than me. Um, but Tim is the, the, the scion of this Kelly family line that does automotive sales in the Chattanooga area and Kelly Subaru right now down at Riverfront and MLK, which they support this podcast. Uh, he's also a huge supporter of the Chattanooga football club, possibly the most successful sports startup in history. Um, you know, I've heard all my life that soccer was going to be, it, it's, um, it's the fastest growing sport in the world. It's the fastest growing sport in America. I mean, since I was in high school, I didn't know anybody who played soccer. I mean, all through, I mean, my college days, I didn't know anybody who played soccer and I actually ended up, you know, coaching soccer, you know, for one of my kids, I didn't even have to put the biscuit in the basket. That's all I knew. And, um, by God, it may have taken three generations, but it finally did catch on. America likes soccer, and I don't know that if there's a city that likes it more than Chattanooga. We have a very high ratio of public school, well, private school to public school kids around here, and the private schools tend to lean in that direction. Uh, they might have excellent football teams or baseball teams or basketball teams, but you don't see a whole lot of public schools that have soccer teams. Maybe that's what happened, but they launched the Chattanooga football club, CFC, uh, a while back. And they went into Finley stadium named after Max Finley, uh, the grandfather of my very, very good friend, Bobby stone, who passed away last summer. And, uh, I, 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 it's just amazing when you meet these people that are three generations away from the original source of money, they're just like us. I mean, I didn't know Bobby had any money. Three, four, five years. I didn't know Hume Davenport had any money. I didn't know Cessna DeCosimo had any money. And these people all have money. And, uh, well, Finley Stadium is the home of the UTC Mocs, the football team. Um, I was there for the very first game. And they had 20, 21, 22,000 over capacity in there. And that was the last time we ever saw a crowd like that. I think Skinner played there one time. And they had a pretty decent crowd. But, I mean, literally... The mocks, even though they have had some very good winning seasons of late, they would maybe put 1,300, 1,500, they'd just be lost. The soccer team comes in and starts packing 5, 8, 10, what, 1.18,000 people in there every single time they played. So it's been this just unimaginably successful story, and it has been down on the south side, which has been you know, enjoying this rejuvenation. So I did an interview with Tim Kelly back in August of 2018. And he told the story of what was going on. And I heavily promoted it, 
but we kept pushing it back and pushing it back, pushing it back for legal reasons and didn't want to give up the ghost on anything and launched it yesterday. And sure enough, I mean, even though everybody kind of had it in their hands, the important people who posted up on the website and everything like that, nobody listened to it quite as carefully as they did last night and this morning. And there were some inaccuracies in it. Um, things had changed between the time we did the interview and now. So I'm going to be talking to Tim again. Um, inaccuracy might even might not even be correct, misleading. And some things were said probably because I was leading the witness. I was leading Tim into a dark corner and asking tough questions, and he was very personally hurt, and he wanted to kind of remove that aspect. And to be frank, I don't have the time or the energy to go back and edit stuff, so I just yanked it. So this is essentially filler <laughs> product for the time being until I get something better out there until I redo the interview with Tim, I'm just going to be Frank. And I, and the thing is, I'm also, this is a, this is a, a wider apology even than that, because I know people ran to it yesterday, the media here in town, there was a press conference at three 30. Many of the folks out there had figured out that it actually was already up on the website, even though we had not promoted it. So they had little bits and pieces of the story. Um, but just to everybody, I have not done a podcast since the first of the year when I did my, you know, this is probably going to be the year that the world ends the seven seals. And, uh, I enjoyed doing that by the way. It was, it was fun, but, um, I have gotten a new gig at a new talk radio station here in town. It's called Nuga radio, Nuga radio you can go to nougaradio.com with, Facebook live two hours, uh, from eight to 10 AM Eastern time. And, uh, it's been a, a blast, a lot of fun, but getting back into the working world after six months of laying my ass on a couch and nursing a gunshot wound, you know, uh, it, it, it was, it's been different. It's been different. Plus there's been a plague going around. I told you into the world possibly. And, uh, I got the crud that won't go away. And there's been all kinds of just drama and trauma. So I am sorry for those of you who have subscribed, who have paid money. I apologize that I yanked a highly anticipated podcast away from you. And, uh, it's taken me this long to actually get something new out there. And I promise, I promise I'm going to be super busy in coming months. I really am. Um, and there are so many opportunities out there. Now, my buddy Clint here, we're at people's home equity and the podcast central here. And we actually have spent, and I, and I feel like pretty much hammered dog shit right now. I feel like death on a cracker, uh, because I got the stuff that won't go away. And I also hurt my back, but I, I felt obligated to come here, but we've spent an hour sitting there looking at people are awesome videos. Um, and that's kind of where I want to go is just to say one of my passions. And when you go to fredpodcast.com and you see, the outdoors, the outdoors is one of the things I should be focusing on. And I haven't done a very good job of it. Uh, I talked at Thanksgiving about why I was thankful to not be dead. And that was some outdoor activity, but, but really, I mean, this is the reason I moved to this area originally and Chattanooga is now a Mecca, a global, uh, destination point for people who do, we've got everything but the ocean. 
We'll get everything but the ocean. If you want to, you know, climb rocks, if you want to cave, you want to hang glide, you want to, you know, kayak, you want to do trail running, this, this is your spot. You can also play rugby. You could play rugby. <laughs> Sorry, that's know, the only thing I'll say. If you want to get out there and do a team sport, you know, I mean, I'm kind of comfortable with my own company. I'm turning my mic down. No, right no, now. no, you do not turn it down. Uh, the the fact is, is that you know we were sitting here watching these other you know people doing these incredible things, and you know I've been trying to kill myself since I was 14 by throwing myself off mountains and and just doing just crazy stuff. And, and, and I was up at Lookout Mountain Flight Park yesterday. I'm, it doesn't matter what date it is. I, just, I went to see my friend who owns it, Matt Tabor. And I moved here in 84 to learn how to hang glide. I figured I'd be here six months or so and fly some. And then I was moving to Vancouver to actually get my master's degree in journalism. And, well, I met a girl. And then we had some babies and stuck around. So Matt and I haven't seen each other much. Uh, recently I did start flying again, not too long ago. And, but we were just talking about the fact that mountain biking didn't even exist in 84. Think about that. And now we have Sorba, an organization here that, you know, it's the Southern off-road biking association. And we have a couple of local businessmen. I will not call them out because they seem to kind of like their anonymity, but I mean, they're, they're top rated national mountain bikers. A mountain bike was just your 10 speed when you went off the road. Yeah. That was all there was to it. That's called an accident. Yeah. It, was, it usually was. Uh -oh. It usually was. I think, and sometimes people didn't have action. It's like, Hey, this is an idea. Yeah. And my, my buddy, Randy at wild trails who actually moved here and he met his <clears> wife. <throat> if I'm lying, I'm dying. They were high diving competitors. They, they dove from 70 and 80 feet into eight feet of water that's how they met, and then they got into trail running. And now we're the global home for, for trail runs. And they, they will do them constantly, you know, 50K, 50 miles. And every once in a while, they'll do, they'll do a 100-miler. They'll leave the Okoe area up in the Chattahoochee National Forest or Cherokee, and they will go all the way up through Knoxville and through this wilderness area around, you know, Pisgah and Big Frog and all the rest of this stuff, 100 miles. And, and they will constantly have to jump in creeks to get away from bears. They get stung by bees. And they have thousands of people that do this. I don't understand it. If you see me running, please call 911. If I'm running, something is desperately wrong. But I'm going to refocus um, on a lot of outdoor activities. It won't always be that. Um, since I've been doing the talk radio thing again, people are wondering, well, where's that you know, controversial political guy? And well, he's still here, but you know, how easy a target is Donald Trump? I mean, it did our Congress, it doesn't yeah. take much or Nancy Pelosi. Our my God. I mean, it just, I mean, I mean, I threw up in my mouth a little bit, you know, when I said her name, I, I can't stand her. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just that we're in the middle of the government shutdown. I don't yeah. know when you hear this, but it, it just drives me batty and it's just so easy. And you get that from everybody yep. you get it everywhere you get it everywhere and uh and clint i've tried to convince to go on some adventures with me and even though he'll play rugby and he'll get and in, in, in fight with people in a ring he will not go out with me on the river that, what we're watching yeah, right here on you're YouTube. actually looking at lookout mountain flight yeah, park I, I and somebody launching and you can go uh, to youtube and look that stuff it's up. flying why wouldn't you want to do that it's not like flying you are flying it's mm -hmm. you and the wind
Yep. You have dreams about that, right? Yeah, I want to go to Ireland. I'm just not going to do that right there. I'm not doing it, man. Because everybody underneath would hate me because I'm going to end up doing something inappropriate on their They do car. that. You know, after you've been up four or five hours, sometimes you have to let it go. It's <laughs> it's okay. It dissipates. Some, I, I promise some poor you. hiker down there is like, <laughs> no. is this sprinkling? It never gets to the hikers. Uh, uh, sure. But, but uh, I'm serious. I started thinking about the characters that I know. Uh, Smokey Caldwell, perfect example. Um, the guy who was on the cover of National Geographic in 1949, I believe, and it was a, a very early uh, time-lapse photograph where they hit him with a strobe as he descended into Fantastic Pit, which is part of Ellison's Cave, uh, which is about the size, for those in the Atlanta area, of the Peachtree Plaza. And he's a caver, and he literally found this cave. He, he, he went down about 100 yards of just this narrow tunnel that had water flowing through it. He had just enough room to get his nose and his mouth up and be able to breathe. And he comes out on a ledge and his light can't even penetrate to the top or the bottom. And he just sees bats flying and water dropping. And so he descends into it and he discovers this massive thing. And he discovered a cave that has a sand dune at the bottom of it. Why? Because wind used to whistle through there a long time ago. The Appalachians are the oldest mountain range in the world and he's still alive and he's still a great guy and i love him to death and i, I i'm gonna get him in here i'm gonna i've, I've interviewed alex honald who right now is getting ready to accept multiple awards around the world including academy awards because of the documentary free solo alex is the simply the best rock climber that has ever lived and you know we had uh, folks here on the Tennessee wall a long time ago, not my sport. You know, that's flying. Rock climbing is falling. You're constantly falling. Mm -hmm. And most people don't really have a fear of heights. They just have a fear of falling. And if you're falling all the time, I'm scared. It's not for me. Alex is a freak. He is a freak in the best ways. He's a God's gift to us to be able to see him. And he did last year, right after he was in my studio, he did El Capitan out in Yosemite, no ropes, no safety equipment by himself in just over four hours. And normally the best climbers in the world, it takes them at least three nights camping on the rock. Didn't have a belay, he had nothing. If he lets go, he falls a mile to his death. And I'm, I am a little bit worried about people trying to repeat this and they won't be able to. I am. And, but I mean, I, I can get Alex back in here and I'm thinking I'm letting so many of, the, of of my best friends and people that I know go to waste. And, and I've always been such a booster of this area and these sports. I mean, I paddle almost exclusively, uh, Jackson kayak and Eric Jackson just lives up in rock Island state park, a beautiful place. If I could beam somebody in like star Trek into rock Island, in that state park, they would never guess they were in the state of Tennessee. It's geography like you don't see around here. And one reservoir drains into another one. And it has a big bridal, you know, veil falls in the middle. And he just happens to, you know, live there and he has his company there. And he's got this one little spot where he can turn on what looks like a light switch and suddenly generate a, you know, class four wave right out there in the middle of the creek. And so they go out and they test boats. 
And he started designing boats because he wanted his kids to get into kayaking. And they're buoyant, but you can still play with them. He's a great guy. I mean, so why am I leaving all this stuff on the table? I don't understand. I really don't. Get to it, man. What are you well, doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Like in my gut, you know, I'm working on it. And, um, you know, it's, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. Ben Freeberg, my friend who is a, a mortician, B, an incredibly talented jazz guitarist and C, maybe one of them, we call them hair boaters. I don't know why, but I mean, these are people who do creaking and I was with him and he actually had a helmet that had like a Joe Namath sort of single bar face guard on his helmet the first time he ever did the Okoe. And he was just a kid. He didn't, he didn't say anything. And I was having kind of a squirrely day. I think I went through every rapid upside down. And, um, and this kid was with us. And one of my buddies, he's like, dude, are you doing some sort of experiment or something? It was just, I was just, I just was slippery that day. And I was going, God, this kid's got skills. And then he starts, you can still go to it. Steepcreeks.com. Go to steepcreeks.com. They don't really do this anymore, but it's usually in, in March when we have real high flood levels around here. And uh, they run creeks that you would not believe it to be possible to actually navigate. And the whole point over the course of a month, three, four weeks, whatever it is, is how many vertical feet can you drop? So they'll not just do it once in a day. They'll do it over and over and over again. And then Ben, he got bored with that. Of course, I mean, they had that, you know, that's not exciting enough anymore, you know, dropping down, you know, these amazing things. And, and so he got into paddle boarding. So he, uh, set the world record for the single longest distance ever paddled on a stand up paddle board by going to the Yukon and getting in it during flood stage. This is a f- river that is literally like a slushy. And it's moving at a very high rate of speed because of the on glacial melt on a stand-up paddle board. And over a 24-hour period, because you had eternal twilight and the sun never went down, I don't remember how many, 247 miles over one day. And 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 he had a tracker on him, and, and we could watch him from satellite, and we would see him going around these islands, these little, this little red dot. And I go, why is he getting bears? Grizzly bears. He, he needed to avoid grizzly bears. And uh, so, I mean, and then he'd paddle from Cuba oh, to America. I'm not sure he got permission to do that, but he did. And he talked about actually hallu- hallucinating at some point and thinking that there was a manta ray under him, a multicolored manta ray that, you know, his wingtips stretched out 100 feet. But he kept going. He kept going and he made it. Wow. I mean, th- these, these, are, these are people who are extremely extreme. And I have nothing but respect for them. And you have access to them. I have access. They're in my phone. They're in my contacts. You know, and so I've I've been cheating you folks. You know, I've cheated you out of a couple of weeks worth of no podcast because I've been busy. I was waiting on that, you know, the soccer interview. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll end up with that as well. But, I mean, there are just folks out there who do these incredible things. And, I mean... I have been trying to kill myself since I was 14. I never even came close until two years ago when I shattered my leg skateboarding at 56. And we won't go there right now. Um, but, I mean, I, I saw people while I was still boarding because it was something I did. They were, we're in a very mountainous area. They would go screaming down these hills that most people 
become nervous wrecks if they drive, if they drive. Um, when I was up at lookout the other day, Burkhalter gap road, you know, people who board that or board the W road or ox highway or any of these, these, these are people who have skills that are so far beyond me. I mean, it just makes me cringe. And watching the movie at the IMAX free solo, which is going to win every, every award for documentaries out there. Um, I was cringing. I was just literally just, just watered up in my own skin and it was my body language. I became aware of it almost toward the end of the movie. And that's, Oh man, what are you doing? Jeff, you know how this ends. And I started watching other people. And these are people who also do something. Maybe they just hike. Maybe they just camp. I'm, I don't know, but they're probably there because they enjoy the outdoors and they're all doing the same thing. And it's just fascinating to me. It truly is how we get such a rush and such a, a, a great feeling from these things that we do. And most of us don't talk about it anywhere near enough. And that's one of the things I'd like to do is to try to convince people to get off the couch and do something, something. I mean, we, you know, we've got a couple of, of companies here, Rock Creek Outfitters. I knew the two guys who bought a little place called Canoeist Headquarters, Canoeist Headquarters, and they became Rock Creek Outfitters. And they are now one of the most successful. They've actually sold it, um, you know, outdoor sporting goods and merchandise places in the world. And they do most of their business. They've got several locations, but by, you know, Amazon and stuff like that, stuff that I don't do. One thing I will not be talking about is buying things on eBay or, you know, online. You don't buy things on eBay or Amazon? Never have one time in my life. Not, not once. Neither have I. No, I, I, it's not, not my gig, but thank God they do. And, and you know, you go down there and you're talking to people who are experts in their field, and I don't even know who these kids are. Well, and Rock Creek, a, a lot of their time. business comes from online now. Of course Rock it does. Rock Creek's a ton. No. I mean, nationwide, international. It's a distribution ton. center. Yeah. But, I mean, they work with people who invent the stuff that you need. Yep. I've done an interview with, you know, Ryan Johnson, the, the, the blade maker, and uh, they're getting ready to, to launch their outdoor line. And there's going to be a, a, a knife or a, yes, tomahawk or something of that nature for every kind of sport. If you look at people who are in these videos, like we're watching yeah. and they're paddling, you'll notice there's always a blade because <clears throat> they might need to cut something off or away from themselves. Uh, paragliding has become extremely popular. It's actually surpassed hang gliding in popularity. Um, if they have a problem, they've got to cut that shoot away so they can throw their other shoot. You can't throw a shoot when you've already flagged one out. And so, I mean, and they want feedback from people who actually do it. This is going to be a really exciting thing to watch. And so caving, rock climbing, mountain biking, um, it just, flying and running and jumping and, and parkour and just being and generally stupid and trying to kill yourself like I've done all my life. And I've come pretty close here the last couple of years. Um, I mean, that's, I'm going to get these people in here. I'm, I'm pumped about you it. Should. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I told you when you first started the podcast world, and I know you were encouraged by other people, which oh, is good. So many. But well, I had what, nothing else going on yeah, either. I, well, you had nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. But what, the, what I told you was, once you get comfortable with it, being that you have 20-something years' experience conversating with people, just yeah. in the conversation platform, I told you, so, man, you're going to – you'll love radio. It'll always be your – but you'll end up loving the podcast 
format. And I have. Because it's, it's, there's, no, there's less restriction. I think I mentioned a couple of words earlier that I could never do on the air. Yes. And it just comes, nat- it falls trippingly off my tongue. It's like honey. It's just, <laughs> mm, yum, 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 yum. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end it with this. I mean, I, I will be you know, talking to Tim again. Uh, we have what is now set up to be a massive uh, <clears throat> fo- foot war. Foot war, football war. Um, which we're the only ones that call it soccer. You just uh, insulted everybody that talks I, that way. I, I'm, by just, the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, there are two teams. The Chattanooga Football Club is going pro, and they're also doing something that uh, was not allowed until 2016, when the Green Bay Packers, the legendary Packers, uh, kind of forced it through Congress. They're crowdfunding. They're crowdfunding, and you can go to I think it is CF Chattanooga or ChattanoogaCF.com, Chattanooga Football Club, and you can actually buy a share and become a owner, a part owner of the team. And uh, I can't tell you much more than that uh, because those are the kind of things that changed between the time Tim and I taught. And it, it was a Herculean effort for that to happen. But I highly recommend that people check it out. And even though the the folks that are bringing in the Red Wolves that's what they're called, and we had red wolves in this area for a long time. As a matter of fact, there's a, a, a program here at the Chattanooga Nature Center, Reflection Riding, where they actually keep these very, very endangered animals and uh, and breed them. And they're, they're much like coyotes. As a matter of fact, you'd have to be pretty smart to figure out the difference between a coyote and a red wolf. But, I mean, I, I wish them the best, but, I mean, they're going to have to battle it out. I don't think that this town is big enough for two professional soccer teams. But I could be wrong. You could be. I could be wrong. It's ChattanoogaFC.com. Thank you. ChattanoogaFC.com. Yes. Right. And um, I was looking around the other day, and I, w- I was actually, I think I was looking for a picture. I actually went hiking by myself right after the book Cold Mountain came out. And I loved that book, Charles Frazier's Cold Mountain. The movie was fine. They did a pretty good job with it. But the book is a piece of just, it's it's brilliant. And it's up in North Carolina somewhere. That's all I knew. And so I took off on my own and went to the Shining Rock Wilderness. They call it that because there is a outcropping of rock and it's pure white quartz. And it's this, the size of a normal bluff around here, something that people would literally be bouldering on. And it sits way up high and it just gleams in the sun. And uh, so I figured out where Cold Mountain was. There was, there was no, there's three in our, in our region in the Southeast. And this is obviously the place. And so I go up there and, uh, I met this old man talking about characters and I, I was, I'd set up my camera an old 35 millimeter Minolta. And, uh, I was taking a picture and I kind of parked on the side of the road and, uh, and I was shooting through this guy's garden because he had some sunflowers around his corn and tomatoes and stuff like that. And by the way, okra is a very pretty plant. Uh, it has a very pretty flower and it just made, made for a nice little setting. And this old dude comes wandering out. He's 187 years old. Clearly he's got overalls on. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I, I, I'm sorry. Am I, I, I didn't mean to be trespassing. Oh, that's okay. We ended up talking for about an hour or so. And I'm telling him about the book and there's a, the book about cold mountain. He goes, that mountain, the one behind me, that, that cold mountain. I said, yeah, it's a book It's bestseller. They're making a movie. It was before it come out. He had no idea. I ended up having this most fascinating conversation with this guy. Do you know what a beeline is? You know, you, you hear people say, 
I'm going to make, make a beeline. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'll make a beeline. I'll be there in a minute. And I do. I just don't want to spoil it for everybody. I, do you really? No, no, no. You do not. <laughs> you have no idea, and I didn't either. And he was telling me about living there in the depression, and he told me what a beeline was. I mean, just it just came up, and and it, they figured out some sort of substance that that attracted bees. I'm sure it was sugar, pollen, molasses, whatever. But boy, they just they loved it, and they would go out and they'd put a, a thimble full. And they'd, they'd find a, a bee, honeybee, and the bee would get a little sip and go, oh, my God, and would take off. and would take off in a straight line, and they would run, 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 run. And then the bee would stop and circle back. He wanted another swing. You know, i got to get another swig of that. It might take three or four stops, but they would follow the bee, and then they'd have a honeycomb. They could sell the honeycomb to tourists, and that's how they made money during the Depression. This dude asks me to stay the night with him. His wife had passed away. He was making supper. And I said, no. What kind of idiot am I? Instead, I go out and I, I camp in the woods by myself. And I hear all these crazy sounds at night. And I'm, I've got my pistol out. I'm thinking, what in the hell is all this scratch? It's Freddy Krueger out here. It turns out to be wild turkeys nesting exactly six feet above my head. And the lowest limbs of the, you know, the, the branches of these trees which they do tend to do while turkeys are very smart birds and they are, they like being on land, but they can fly. I've been on the Penhody trail and, and have seen turkeys actually hundreds of feet over my head as they go from bluff to bluff. And I woke up and I'm going, my God, I didn't get any sleep at all. I could have been hanging out with this dude and hearing all these stories. Yeah, I guess our R or option two. That's how horror movies start. <laughs> no, no. That's option two. Get out. I'm just throwing Get it out there. Out. No, I, said, I, hey, I, why don't you stay the night? I, I'm having something for dinner. I was I looking for the picture I took of the guy. Yeah. And the picture uh, don't matter. I found it. Freaks come in all shapes and sizes, my friend. I, I found it in this book. And I'm not going to do a whole lot of book reviews on this podcast, but it's um, one that really got me through a very difficult time in my life. It's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And... Um, He's a minister, and it does have a Christian perspective. Uh, it kind of goes into the same vein as as the rabbi that wrote, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, but it really is about mostly father-son relationships and how we don't have rites of passage in this country for young men. We don't have any kind of rites of passage. We really don't. What, getting your driver's license, graduating from high school? That doesn't work. And it's just a, a brilliant piece of work. And the, the picture was stuck in there. It was, it, was, it was holding down one page. And I've bought probably 20 copies of this book. And I, I give them away to people who are going through hard times. Always guys. Um, women, you'd enjoy it too. And it's not preachy. And, but I, I was just pretty amazed. This, this, is the, this is the two I had marked. Um, he's actually quoting another spiritual mentor robert eldridge is and he, and he says don't ask yourself what the world needs ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive now that you know that was my motto all my life i just didn't know it you know it, it truly is and you know we've also got the the guy that just recently surf that 80 foot wave in portugal you talk about cojones my god i don't know how you drown a eight-story building and you just drop off the side and then you've got just 
thundering tons and tons of mountainous water behind you. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a whitewater kayaker and I love it, but I mean, water is much scarier than air to me. And I've lost more friends on rivers than I have anything else. And, uh, this other quote, which was marked with another photograph, mankind owns four things that are no good at sea, rudder, anchor, oars, and the fear of going down. And think about that before you go to sea. Uh, it doesn't do you any good. If the sea wants you, it's going to get you. If the river wants you, it's going to get you. We recently lost uh, actually an aviator, a local pilot, uh, and, a, and, a, and a passenger who was just doing a little sightseeing thing, and they went down in the lake that dominates this area, and we're at flood level, and it took them days and days to find them. It's just a mistake. Um, so, yeah, there's danger out there, but you know what? Rubbing up against it makes you feel more alive, plain and simple. And the people you do it with, you might go on a, a backpacking trip where things get rugged, you know, the misery index rises, and you get to the end and everybody's okay. You might not see them again for 20 years, but when you see them, there's a bond. So that's, that's what... I really want to try to bring out. We'll be talking about other stuff as well, politics and things of that nature. I didn't put any music in this one. I'm not going to interrupt it. I just wanted to, to put something out there and let you guys know about uh, the football club. And, and I'm very sorry um, that, that the, the interview, just too much time had passed. And it was making my buddy Tim nervous. There were some things that were said that, as he just said, were might be misleading. And at the time, he was very emotional. And, uh, so that's why it's not there. And that's why this is here. And, but I appreciate you guys listening. And if you want to check out the radio show, it is nougaradio.com, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we do Facebook live and we got all the streaming apps, and all that stuff. So, uh, bring it on, bring it on. And I will be doing one probably with one of those people I was just talking about, uh, very soon, uh, probably next week early. And I will start producing more product very quickly. Thank you.